What's up, Hogline Nation? Welcome back. You are listening to the latest installment of the Hogline Podcast, episode 53. Um, it is just me today. You are truly the OG host, the founder of Hogline Podcast. I am uh, back in the solo host position for this episode. Um, so bear with me. I haven't done a I haven't done a solo episode in uh, in quite a while, so might be a little rusty. But uh, I'm here, and we're just gonna roll with it, folks. Um, so yeah, like I said, welcome back. Uh, another episode of the podcast here. We're gonna do things a little bit differently here today at, at, on the podcast. Uh, Jack is kind of busy with schoolwork this week. He was unable to record. Um, had a lot of assignments and whatnot going on, so Jack is unfortunately not able to be on this episode, uh, but, and, and I didn't really have a, you know, a set topic of what I wanted to talk about this week, so I'm doing something a little different, as I just said uh, a couple seconds ago. This episode is going to be a Dirty Dozen exclusive podcast episode, um, and I'll explain what that means uh, to anyone listening that's not in the league uh, in a second, but... This is going to be a Dirty Dozen exclusive episode. Um, Dirty Dozen, it's, it's a mine and my friend's Dynasty Fantasy Football League. And for anyone who's listening who does not know what a Dynasty League is, uh, it's it's essentially just a fantasy league, but you keep your players every single year. You keep all your players. Um, so you keep your entire team from year to year, and you can keep these guys for however long you want. And there's a lot of different variations and whatnot of dynasty leagues um that's how we kind of do it uh but yeah we um we started this in 2017 i believe so we've been doing this for this is our third year doing it and it how it starts is you you do a startup draft where you just have a regular uh draft and ours is 24 rounds so you know it's a, it's a expanded roster size and uh, like I just said, you keep the players year in and year out. You can trade future draft picks, and it's kind of like more running like your own, you know, team, right? So it's kind of a different twist to fantasy football, if you will. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of just an overall brief, you know, synopsis of what a dynasty league is for anyone not listening. But uh, yeah, so Dirty Dozen—that's the league that I'm in, the league I'm a part of. Um, so I guess I'm I'm just gonna introduce all all the owners and what their teams are and whatnot. So me Mitchell Manis, I'm the uh, the owner of the Golden Goats. Um, that's my team name. What's that? We got uh, Connor Pewterball, the owner of the Chop Lockers. Uh, he's the 2017 inaugural uh, Dirty Dozen champion. Uh, we got Mr. Thomas Anthony Jr., the owner of the Triple T's. And the 2018 champion, our our reigning champion, um, we got Mr. Aaron Hochberg, team. Can I get that team boneless? Always a classic name for Mr. Hochberg. We got our league commissioner, Mr. Ryan Jeffrey, owner of Trust the Process. Um, I my, our studio audience here is booing. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't have a studio audience, but. That's what everyone would boo, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> we got Mr. Drew Pittinger, the owner of the Sanchez. Uh, Mr. Andrew Kim, owner of Team Baker's Dozen. Probably the weakest name in the league, to be honest. 
Um, that's fine. And the weakest team, if we're being frank. But, yeah, there's Kim. And we got Mr. Austin Carroll, owner of the Tubby Tuckineers, who I recently, today, in fact, made a trade with, which I will get into later in this episode here. We've got Mr. Tyler Brackman, owner of Taters Tots. Uh, moving on, we got Mr. Jake Matola, owner of the Sharks. Mr. Edwin Sibby, uh, a.k.a. the choke artist himself. Owner of teams Mixon's Mean Muggers. And last, and certainly least, Mr. Jack Manis, my co-host. Owner of the Yobagoyas, inspired by Mr. Taco from the league. So that is kind of just a rundown of everyone who's in the league and their team names. Uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone who's listening to us uh, knows or is familiar with most of those people. That's who's in the league. And um, today on the show, like I said, this is going to be all about the league and all about my thoughts on each team and whatnot. And I'm kind of be uh, I'm gonna what I'm gonna be doing essentially is just my power rankings of how I uh, I see these teams. Uh, how they shake up at at this point in week three, going into week four of the the 2019 season, and um, as I go through each of the teams here, I'm gonna you know be telling, giving my overall thoughts and you know what they've what each team has done so far, and that's essentially what I'll be doing. And uh, time permitting, if it doesn't go too long, I might do a little, a couple matchup previews for week four. So I'm just gonna roll with it, and we're gonna see how it goes. All right. So, to kick off the power rankings, um, I'm gonna be going. I'm gonna be going from worst to best. So I'll be going from the the twelfth best team, in my opinion, to the number one team. Um, but nonetheless, we're gonna start at number twelve. No shocker here. Um, it is uh, Mr. Andrew Kim, Baker's dozen, coming in at number twelve in my power rankings. My week three dirty dozen power rankings. Uh, Kim is 0-3 to start off the year. Um, I'm about to pull up his schedule and roster here, so I can kind of reference that here. Uh, week one, he played me, and I beat him 130-115. to Week two, he played the Sanchez, lost 96-94. to Only needed a uh, 1.5 points out of David Njoku on Monday Night Football, and he sadly did not get that. And then last week, Kim fell to Aaron, Mr. Boneless, uh, with by a score of 106 to 104. So Kim, honestly, has put up more points than I expected him uh, at this point in the season, um, but is 0-3 nonetheless. He, uh, it, It's no secret what Kim's trying to do here. He's trying to, to tank. He's trying to get the number one overall pick. Um, obviously, this is not his year, and he's kind of committed to committed to the future, to put it lightly, I'd say. Uh, Kim, I, as we all know, Kim traded David Johnson to Mr. Boneless last night, in fact. He traded David Johnson and Chase Edmonds, I believe it was, for the rights to um, no, his own pick. He got his own first-round pick back, so he kind of controls his own destiny. Uh, and I believe Matt Breida and maybe another pick was part of the deal. I can't remember exactly what that was, but that was kind of the trade he made with Aaron last night. Um, so like I said, committed to, committed to the future, 
not necessarily trying to win this year. Probably would prefer to lose at this point, honestly, with the not the most ideal start to the season. Uh, running backs are looking pretty weak at this point. I mean, he's only got five on the roster with Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, Ronald Jones, Deion Lewis, and Chris Thompson. So, I don't know. That's a pretty bad group. Honestly, that could be as worse as it gets. I'll have to run through. I'm going to look at each roster as I talk about each team, but that is pretty bad, especially when Chris Thompson's your leading running back um, points-wise throughout the year. That's uh, not great. Uh, I mean, wide receiver honestly doesn't get much better. Outside of Chris Godwin, this group is looking pretty bad. I mean, I don't even know who Kim would start. Ah, Chris Conley, probably. Conley and uh, Jesus Christ, Kim. I don't know. I, I Man, the rest of his receivers, I'll read through them real quickly, are Deion Kane, Paris Campbell, Andy Isabella, Richie James, Jacoby Myers, David Moore, Trey Quinn, and Albert Wilson. Yikes. What happened to Albert Wilson, Kim? I thought he was supposed to have a breakout year. I know he, he kind of banged up, but uh, that seems to always be the story with Albert Wilson. He's always banged up. So, uh, yeah. That's Kim's team. He's at number 12. Uh, just uh, one last note on Kim's team here. Uh, he does own his own pick and Jack's pick in the 2020 draft. So, I mean, that's what he was you know, trying to do. Which I, I respect them for, honestly. I, I respect a good rebuild. Um, you got to know your own place. And Kim kind of knows the you know the the ceiling of his team and knew that lo- losing and rebuilding would probably be in his best interest. And not for nothing, he probably, the way I see it, he's going to have 1.1 and 1.2 in, the dra- in a very loaded draft class. So, honestly, not, not a bad move at all there, acquiring his own pick back and keeping hanging on to Jack's pick so there you go that's kind of my uh overall thoughts on Kim's team gonna go along here with number 11 in my power rankings who do I got here I got oh this is also not really much of a surprise I got Jack Manis the Yoba Goyes coming in at number 11 uh the Yoba Goyes are 0 and 3 have the lowest points for in the entire league this year at 271.9. I'm um, pulling up Jack's schedule here. I know he had a brutal week last week. Um, but week one, he got annihilated annihilated, annihilated by the chop blockers. Um, Connor put up 172 against Jack. And Jack honestly did well. He put up 122. and uh, But nonetheless, he lost... Fell to 0-1. Then he played Tyler week two, lost 111 to 83. Then fell to TJ last week and lost by 50, uh, by a score of 116 to 66. Uh, I'm going to Jack's roster here. Uh, I mean, he's got Dak, who's had a very strong start to the season, but his running running back core is looking like him's, to be honest. Uh, James Conner was supposed to be. A stud, and obviously that has not really worked out so far this year. Um, I don't know. He's he's not looking the same as he did last year, which is kind of a shame as a Steelers fan. But I mean, the running grab running back group is looking kind of thin. Um, Rex Burkhead's is leading the the he has the most points out of his running back, which is not good. Um, 
So Jack kind of lacks star power across the board. I mean, he's got a bunch of C, C-plus receivers, in my opinion. I mean, Ty, uh, what's his name? Ty, Tyrell Williams having a very good year for where, I mean, according to where he was getting drafted in redraft leagues. Um, Marvin Jones is doing all right, I guess. John Ross had a, in that crazy week one, but hasn't really done much since. Um, kind of all over the place here, and sorry, I hate to say it, but Jack's kind of a mess of a franchise. I know that's kind of mean to say. I don't want to pick on my own brother here, but I got to call it like it is. Like, I'm looking at his draft picks as well, and I know the power rankings kind of are just, you know, indicative of where we are, where we stand at the moment, not necessarily a ranking of the future, but no first-round pick this year for Jack. Uh, has two seconds and no third. So doesn't even have the draft capital to say he's in a rebuild and he really has no incentive to lose. So there's not really much direction with this franchise. Uh, and uh, I don't really know what to say. I mean, other than this team is pretty bad. And unfortunately for me, I don't play Jack this year. So that would be an easy win and I'm not getting it. So yeah, sorry, Jack. Uh, looks like some dark days for the Yobagoyas, in my opinion. All right. So those that was 12 and 11. I'm moving on to number 10. Uh, my 10th team here in the power rankings is the Tubby Tuckineers, uh, owned by Mr. Austin Carroll. Um, where's Austin here? Austin it has the second uh, least points for in the league, coming in at 276, five more than Jack. Obviously, Austin is led by Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has accounted for over a fourth of Austin's points, if I'm doing my math correctly. So, I mean, Mahomes is balling out, but other than that, I mean, it's looking pretty thin. And a lot of it is kind of out of Austin's control. And I know he got, uh, obviously, it all started off with Melvin Gordon holding out. And that's not going to help things by any stretch of the imagination. So he kind of got screwed in that regard, and I, in my, if you're asking me, Melvin Gordon's not coming back, and uh, I don't know, it's kind of a tough situation to be in, kind of similar to how Tyler went, what he went through with Le'Veon last year, and obviously Tyler did not have an ideal season last year, so you know Melvin being out is just killing Austin. He, he's starting Latavius Murray and Carlos Hyde in the regular, not what you want to be doing at all. Uh, and I mean, he's got Devonte Adams, who honestly has gotten off to a sl very slow start to start off the year. I think Devonte will bounce back and have a, you know a pretty solid rest of the season. But you know, right now he's kind of killing him. And uh, you know, I mean, Terry McLaurin. I'm looking at here. Austin has Terry McLaurin. I think he believe I believe he drafted him at the end of the second round last year in the rookie draft. Um, he's really emerged as the number one in Washington, and I mean, he looks like a very solid young receiver that Austin could uh, hang on to. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got a, a decent group of tight ends. And uh, what, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I'm also looking at the future draft picks. I'm going to reference that a lot as I go through the power rankings, just because I don't know. I, I like I just said for when I talked about Jack, it's not these power rankings aren't supposed to be looking at the future, but. I, I don't know. I think it's fun to look at and see what the direction of the franchise is, you know, where that's going. 
I made a trade with Austin today. It was one for one. I acquired Tyler Lockett, and in exchange, I gave away my own first-round pick. So uh, Austin now has three second-rounders and a first. So he has officially moved into the 2020 first round. So congratulations to the Tubby Tuckineers. And, uh, I mean, I think Austin's in a, a slight rebuild as well. I mean, not not all hope is lost. Once Melvin Gordon gets a new contract, whether it's with Los Angeles or somewhere else, I mean, I think he could be in the mix for the playoffs. And, I don't know, there's some promise to this roster. It's not an overly deep roster, especially at running back. He definitely needs to address running back in some fashion. I mean, even with Melvin Gordon, it's still kind of weak, so he kind of needs um, some reinforcement there. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of Austin's team. It's I didn't go through the schedule, but he's 0-3, like I mentioned previously, uh, with losses to Taters Tots, Trust the Process, and uh, Mixon's Mean Muggers. Uh, two blowout losses to Tyler and Sibby and almost beat Ryan in week two, but, you know, couldn't quite pull it out there. Yeah, so that is the Tubby Tuckineers coming at my 10 spot. Uh, my ninth ranked team going into week four is, can I get that team boneless? Owned by Mr. Aaron Hochberg, uh, my division mate, part of the best division in Dirty Dozen, the West. It's no... No secret anymore. Wes is clearly the best here. Um, but Aaron, uh, like I I said in the pr uh, beginning of the show here, he acquired David Johnson. So he got his original uh, first round pick from the startup draft back, um, which is pretty interesting if you ask me. He gets David Johnson back, and, you know, Aaron's team – Still not great, but I think we're all accustomed to, you know, Team Boneless being at the, you know, annual seller dwellers. But, I mean, I think the future could be bright here. I mean, Jared Goff and Marcus Mariota, it's not the best quarterback group, but it could be serviceable. David Johnson leading the way. He's got... Uh, I mean, it, it kind of hurts that he had to give up Brita, but Miles Sanders is a rookie. He's got promise, maybe not for this year, uh, but in the future. And uh, his receiving group, honestly, he drafted very well at receiver. DK Metcalf, DK, what am I, I can't pronounce any of these players' names tonight, but DK Metcalf, excuse me, uh, exceeding expectations, in my, at least my expectations, and having a pretty solid beginning of his career here. Marquise Brown obviously got off to a hot start. DJ Chark is having a great year in his sophomore season. And Brandon Cooks, who, you know, is his stud. So this is a solid group of receivers, and they're young, not for nothing. So that's good. Evan Ingram's a top five play every single week, maybe top three. And, you know, his kicker defense, you know, whatever about them. But Aaron's team is just not as bad as... I think people have people in the league have you know this image around him. Uh, I I don't think we can just chalk up Aaron as an automatic W if we play him anymore. So that's why. And Aaron not Aaron won last week. He's one and two. Um, I mean I don't necessarily know Aaron if Aaron's going for the playoffs this year. Probably this team's probably a year or two away from 
being a a serious contender, but um, beat Kim last week, which it was isn't hard to do necessarily, but he put up 106 points. Um, so you know, Aaron is he can have a few upset wins, and uh, he's a fun team to watch. I'm I'm rooting for Aaron because he's part of my division and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I think he's a fun team to watch, and you know, I, we all love an underdog story. So Aaron comes in at number nine on my power rankings. Um, we'll move on to number eight. I've got the Sanchez at number eight, uh, with a record of one and two. I initially to going into the season, I was pretty high on Drew's team. I thought Drew was in you know in for a good year and not not that he can't have a good year still but not off to the most ideal start um let's see i'm gonna pull up a schedule here week one loses a very close game to jake uh 101 to 98 and week two squeaked by kim one by two points 96 94 and then he lost by about what is that 33 to Connor. Everyone loses by 33 to Connor, so you can't fold him there. Uh, but Drew has not crossed 100 points this year. That is not ideal whatsoever. But I, I, I still have optimism for Drew's team. Uh, I, I, I like to go into the season, and not, not really, not much has really changed. Um, the quarterbacks are ser- serviceable. Stafford is all right. Trubisky, I thought would be better, but it's fine. Maybe he'll you know, ease into and have a better stretch of the seat down the stretch. Um, you know, I Fournette, he is what he is. Uh, I don't think he'll be the superstar that everyone thought he was going to be in his rookie season, but he's, he's a serviceable running back and he will get his points cause he gets a lot of volume. So, I mean, he's good enough. Josh Jacobs ha- had that very good week one, but has kind of cooled off since then. Um, he's just not involved in the passing game enough, but hopefully Gruden, you know, utilizes them there more. I could see that happening. So I could see him, you know, improving his numbers and getting closer to the, that week one performance that he had against the Denver Broncos. Um, and and Devin Singletary, he had a great first two weeks on very limited touches. And I mean, he's banged up now, but if he gets healthy, and you know, you know the Bills just get him the ball. I mean, he's gonna—he looks very good. So if he can stay healthy, Devin Singletary could have a good second half of the season. Um, but he's got to get by Frank Gore first, and I got Frank Gore, so we'll see about that. Uh, the, and 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 the receivers—he's got Juju, Amari Cooper, who's having a heck of a start to the season. I mean, I think he has four touchdowns, which is crazy. And Robert Woods, who, you know, he has 25 points in the year, which isn't great. But, uh, I mean, the Rams are always a threat and very potent on offense. So, I I like Drew's team. I think it's very balanced. And I think he's got, you know, some okay depth, I guess. So, if he can avoid injuries, which is, I mean, you could say that about any team. If any team could avoid injuries, they could be good. But I think there's some reason to be optimistic if I'm Drew and I wouldn't uh I think the pl- the playoffs are certainly not out of the question yet for Drew and 
um, and whatnot. So, but I mean, at this point, I had to put him eight because he just hasn't got off to the start that I thought that he would. Um, yeah. So that is Drew coming in at number eight, the Sanchez. I'm gonna go back here. Um, my seventh team as we're moving along here is Sibby, the Mixins Mean Muggers. Uh, a very controversial team. A lot of people are very high on his team. Tyler not being one of them. He always is a, you know, a hater of the Mixins Mean Muggers. And I, I'm guilty of that as well. I mean, obviously, I've had my fair share of trash talking against Sibby. Uh, as we all know, I'll say it one more time. Uh, Sibby needed, uh, in week 13 of the 2018 regular season, Sibby needed one of the five matchups to go his way to make the playoffs. What happened? None of them went his way. I made the playoffs. Sibby choked. You know, we hear the story over and over again. But, uh, Sibby sits at one and two going into week four. Team is kind of underperforming again. But, I mean, he put up 156 last week. Probably turned the corner. And we could be seeing a lot more of those performances on a weekly basis from the Mixon's Mean Muggers. Uh, but he's got the talent to do it. Obviously, this is a, a star-studded team. I mean, you just roll through a starting lineup. It's a lineup that should do well. Aaron Rodgers, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Sony Michelle, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup. George Kittle, Steven Goskowski. This is just these are fantasy stars on a yearly basis. And for just for some reason it hasn't came together. But I mean it's a good team. We can't deny it. Sibby should he should be a playoff team. Whether he'll get there, can we trust Sibby as an owner? That should be the question we are asking ourselves here. Can we trust Edwin Sibby? I don't know. History tells us we can't. But I like to believe in people. I like to believe in Sibby. Even though I I snuck in the playoffs and stole a spot. But I, I don't know. I, I think, it, you know, like I said before, America loves an underdog story. And if Sibby can somehow, you know, get to the playoffs. And I can't imagine Sibby winning the title. It just looks weird in my mind. But whatever. Crazier things have happened. I don't know how to feel about this team. I kind of put them in the middle here because it's a, it's a team on paper that should be good and has underperformed, but he's got potential. So kind of a confusing team to figure out. Um, he's got his own first, no th seconds or thirds. So he's got some picks, I guess. But I guess he's in win-now mode, and Sibby should just go for it. So Sibby's at number seven the choke artist sorry I had to get one last jab in there on Sibby sorry um coming in at six I have who do I got here I've got your defending dirty dozen champion Mr. TJ Anthony owner of the triple T's coming in at two and one uh TJ's got 312 points four in the year and who has he played who has he played who has he played he beat Sibby week one, got obliterated by Connor week two. Honestly, I play Connor this week, and I am very scared, so I'll get to that in a second. But 
Jesus Christ, Connor is putting up some historic numbers. And Jack beat, sorry, not Jack. He beat Jack. TJ beat Jack in week three by a score of 50. So, TJ, I guess the main thing we have to talk about is how he traded Michael Thomas to yours truly last Friday night. Um, Kind of a shocking move because everyone knows TJ's love for Michael Thomas. So, kind of shocking. I was surprised he gave him up, to be honest. And if anyone isn't aware or doesn't remember, the trade was I got Michael Thomas and TJ received uh, Austin's 2021st, Austin's 2023rd, my 2022nd and 4th, Daniel Jones and Christian Kirk. So a lot of pieces uh, for the star who is Michael Thomas. Uh, but where does that leave TJ? TJ's got, you know, Daniel Jones, Cam Newton, Philip Rivers as his QBs. Uh, a running a running back group that's led by Zeke, and then we've got Chris Carson and Mark Ingram following, and then, I mean, the receivers is pretty much Julio, Christian Kirk, and Julian Edelman. That's kind of his main three. Uh, brutal at tight end, probably the worst tight end depth in the whole entire league. Only has twelve points with his three tight ends. Still has Gronk on the team. And then Prater and the Chargers defense. Uh, I've always viewed TJ as a team with, you know, subpar depth. And that's still the same story here. Doesn't have great depth. Uh, a, fair, a fairly decent starting lineup. And it, if things go right for him like they did last year, um, he could be in the playoffs again. He's a, he's a strong team. He's got two first-round picks. He recently acquired Austin. Still has Jake's. Um, but, I mean... He got very lucky last year, and that's part of fantasy sometimes. It's just luck, and he got very lucky that his team avoided injuries, and he ultimately won the title last year. But I don't know. I, I don't necessarily see him having the same luck because eventually you just can't rely on that. Um, and it's He has a good team, don't get me wrong, and I've been a ha- an advocate for him in the past because I think his team is better than people give him credit for. I mean, he's got Julio and Zeke. Those are two studs in fantasy. But I, like I said, I, I, he doesn't have great depth. I, I don't believe in like if, if Zeke got hurt, like I think his running backs would be brutal. I don't think, I know Mark Ingram's had his very good weeks to start off the season, but I don't know if I can trust him. And Carson's had fumbling issues. So I don't know if I can trust his depth at any position, really, especially tight end. Jesus. He's got Jack Doyle, Rob Gronkowski and Jordan Reed. A retired tight end, a tight end who's considering retirement, and a tight end whose quarterback retired. So, I don't know about that one, buddy. But, uh, yeah, TJ, nonetheless, he's my sixth-ranked team here. Uh, I, I think he could make the playoffs. I think he'll be right on the borderline. So, he'll he'll probably be right in it right to the very end of the regular season. Um, yeah, so that's TJ, our defending champion. Uh, who do I got? I got at number five, Mr. Tyler Brackman, owner of the Taters Tots. Having a bounce back year. Last year he had the worst record in the league. Uh, but this year he comes in at two and one. The third most points for in the league. So Tyler is putting up some numbers on a weekly basis. Um, obviously it helped that he got Le'Veon Bell back from his holdout of last year. So... I mean, there's that. Le'Veon hasn't looked 
like the stud he once was in Pittsburgh, but it's still nice to have him back. Uh, I pulled up Tyler's schedule. He beat Austin week one by a lot, by, ooh, geez, over 50, 52 points he beat Austin by. Uh, beats Jack again by a wide margin, and then he loses to Ryan last week. Ryan was led by the Bears' D, and I think Nick Chubb had a good game, but and Thielen, Thielen too. But, yeah, Tyler lost to Ryan in week three, 133 to 90. Uh, so Tyler's in a big week this week. He plays Sibby, which I'll get to at the end. I'll probably get to my matchup previews at the end here. But he plays Sibby, big week for the Taters Tots. Uh, but honestly, I think Tyler's the real deal. Going through his roster, pretty balanced team. Uh... You know, he's got Brady and Wentz at QB. That's solid. A young piece and obviously the GOAT. Sneaky good running back depth, if you ask me. Le'Veon Bell, who I'll talk about Le'Veon, Le'Veon in a second here, but I just want to go through the rest of the running backs. David Montgomery, Philip Lindsay, Wayne Gallman, who now is thrust into the starting role with Saquon's injury, and... Royce Freeman and Peyton Barber. So these are, that's a solid running back group, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, I don't think David Montgomery has reached its peak yet. I think Philip Lindsay is, just by the eye test, I like what I see when I watch Philip Lindsay. I don't know. I, I think for fantasy, you know, he's a smaller back and his touches might be limited. But just by the eye test, I think Lindsay's very talented. Uh, I mean, I'm not obviously high on Wayne Goldman, but it's just, Another starting running back you're adding to this group, which is nice. And obviously Le'Veon Bell. I have looked at Le'Veon's schedule in the middle of the season. It's weeks uh, 9 through 14, if I remember correctly. He plays, I don't remember the order, but he plays the Dolphins twice, the Bengals, the Redskins, the Giants, and the Raiders. That is a cakewalk. So I think I just have this feeling that once Darnold comes back, from having mono. The Jets offense kind of gets revitalized. I could see Le'Veon having a great stretch with a very easy schedule down the middle of it, and I think that could be right there for Tyler's playoff push. Uh, so I, I just have this vision that Tyler, you know, is going to get hot during that time. And, yeah, I mean, I not to go over, not to, sorry, not to uh, disregard the rest of the positions, but decent receivers, Calvin Ridley, T.Y. Hilton, Larry Fitzgerald, it's a solid trio. Uh, I like Will Disley now, especially because the Seahawks traded their backup tight end. That gives me confidence that they are invested and confident and comfortable with Disley at the starting tight end position. Uh, But I don't know. I like Tyler's team. I think he's going to get hot at the right time. And it was really tough. It was really going back and forth between him at either four or five, but I settled at a five just because... I don't know. I I, I want to see him win a couple more games before I, I would move him up. But I think Tyler could be right in the playoff mix. And if you ask me, he would he's in the playoffs at the end of the year. So that's number five, Taters Tots, sitting at 2-1 and one on the season. So number four, I have the Sharks, owned by Jake Matola. Uh, Jake has 329 points on the year and he's 2 and 1 like I just said. Week 1 he beat Drew by a score of 101 to 98. 
Week two, he beat Sibby by 40 points, 122 to 82. And last week, he fell to the Golden Goats by a score of 127 to 105. So Jake has put up over 100 every week, which is all you can ask for. That's consistency uh, by its definition. Jake, going through his roster here, is, I mean, it's a solid roster. I, I wasn't expecting to win last week. So it feels good to pull out a victory against, you know, a formidable team. Solid group of quarterbacks. I mean, you could start any one of those guys on on a week-to-week basis based on their matchup, that being Josh Allen, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Matt Ryan, all having pretty good starts to the season. Not necessarily Jimmy G, but Allen and Ryan especially are putting up decent fantasy numbers. Um, Obviously, this running back group is led by Christian McCaffrey. That guy is unbelievable I mean I, I was watching red zone this week and I, I was just so pissed because like he had Olsen and McCaffrey and they put up like 49 points combined I'm like this is just great like I don't I I, I didn't I didn't feel comfortable on with that matchup until it was over but Christian McCaffrey is crazy and I am scared every time I play Jake because if you have Christian McCaffrey you are going to be in any game because that guy he can do it all. He really can, and especially in a, a league that's half PPR like this is, uh, he's even more of a threat because he can catch. He's a threat to catch double-digit passes at any game. So there's that. Um, okay, depth behind McCaffrey. He's got Aaron Jones, who's a solid RB two. Um, and then after that, it's kind of hard to trust anyone else. I mean, your th- the third running back would be Tevin Coleman, but. He's kind of banged up pretty often. I think he's got a decent opportunity if he stays on the field, but that's a big if. Um, what else? Odell Beckham, obviously a stud, and he's still relatively young. So, I mean, McCaffrey and Odell, that's just a solid duo to build your team around. And if you can just fill in the pieces outside of them too, you're going to be just fine. Uh this is a he's got receiver depth. I'm I didn't really I mean I obviously I knew who his receivers were, but just looking at it here in front of me, it's it looks even better. I mean Sammy Watkins has been flourishing, I guess you can say, in Tyreek Hill's absence. Sanders had that good week too. Josh Gordon, I mean, he's gonna be very good for the rest of the year. Especially like there was a lot of, you know, uncertainty with Antonio Brown in New England, but now that he's not there anymore, I mean Josh Gordon is he he's a very solid option as I know I, he'll probably play him as his wide receiver three or four which is great if you ask me I mean I think he's got wide receiver two upside um so that's good and uh, Will Fuller too is an okay option if some guys get hurt or whatnot Greg Olson looks very revitalized and this is just an overall solid team very well balanced and uh, I don't know I I think Jake. Is it's either going to be Jake or Tyler for the East Division crown? Sorry, Sibby and Jack, but it's gonna. It's I think it's a two-team race, and I think it'll come right down to the wire, especially because I think Tyler's going to get hot down the stretch. But I'm not going to count on Jake at all. I think Jake could easily win this division, and uh, be the beast of the East. So we'll see. It'll definitely be a fun race to watch, in my opinion. Definitely looking out for that. Um, yeah. So. Number three, the number three team in Dirty Dozen is the Golden Goats. 
I mean, I could talk about my team for hours. I could have a whole episode dedicated to my team. But it's just crazy. I mean, obviously, I was not high on my team coming into the year. I didn't think I had enough talent to contend. That's why I acquired three first-round picks. But week one, I come out, I put up 130. Have a nice win over Kim. Week two, put up 108. Have a nice win against Aaron. And it's not, I mean, I was expecting to win my first two games just because Aaron and Kim aren't the most formidable opponents. But just the fact that I put up a hundred and two, excuse me, 238 points in the first two weeks kind of changed my whole, you know, thought process, if you will, uh, on my team. Uh, obviously, Dalvin Cook is looking great. And I mean, I always, I still just brace myself when he just runs into a pile because I think he's going to get hurt. Um, I can't help it. But, yeah, I mean, I got Dalvin, Derrick Henry, on Johnson. That's just a solid group of running backs. Dalvin Cook kind of just carries me there. Um, and I, I don't want to just go into the whole Kyler thing because everyone just hates on Kyler all the time and says he's not good and whatnot. But I, I'm just... I believed in him, and I still believe in him, and I'm always going to believe in him. Uh, obviously, I believe in him a lot because my only other quarterback is Andy Dalton, so it's Kyler Murray or nothing for me. And I've I, he's my ride or die here, so I'm just riding with him. Uh, but I guess the main thing that I can speak about my team is the acquisitions that I've recently made. Uh, I, I just said it earlier in the episode, but I recently acquired Michael Thomas, and I just acquired Tyler Lockett today. Uh, I think that really helps my wide receiver depth because I was kind of worried about it. But now I'm really liking it because especially when Tyreek Hill comes back because then I'll have Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, Tyler Lockett, and then maybe Alshon Jeffrey is my fourth receiver. Uh, but just playing, just I can't wait to play Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas in the same lineup. I'm just, It's going to be great. And I think it's all coming together. And sorry, sorry, Darren Waller. Didn't, didn't forget about you, buddy. I love Darren Waller. It's no secret. My love is out. It's public. Um, that guy is a beast. Derek Hart loves him, loves targeting him. And he's just my diamond in the rough. I can't believe I found him off waivers. And I'm just very grateful. At every, every day I wake up, I'm just thankful for Darren Waller and that he's sober now. So shout out to my team coming in at three on my own rankings. Uh, I don't know. I'm 3-0. and I'm going for it. Why not? I, the sky's the limit, and it's going to be hard to beat Connor and teams like Connor, Jake, and Ryan. But, you know, I'm never going to beat him unless I try and go for it. So I'm thinking, why not? I had I had a lot of assets to uh, to trade and or whatever, so I had that at my disposal. And sometimes you just got to go for it, right? And I think... I mean, I didn't really share this with a lot of people. I shared this with, I think, maybe TJ and maybe Austin. But in a dynasty league, I feel like you have only a finite amount of opportunities to win just with the way things shake out and your roster. You can only have – there's a chance you can only have one good team in, like, 10 years with the luck with injuries or just other teams getting injured or, I don't know, just anything. There's so many factors that go into fantasy football and even more so in a dynasty league. So 
I feel like if you have an opportunity to go for it, whether you're whether you intended on tanking or not, uh, it you just gotta take whatever you gotta play whatever hand is dealt to you. So that's what kind of what I did, and I'm just kind of going for it, and that's just me. So I think my team is good. I believe in him now, and I'm gonna roll with it. So I come number, th- uh, excuse me, number three. Number two is Mr. Ryan Jeffrey, trust the process, our league commissioner. Uh, two, uh, one of the three undefeated teams, uh, that being Connor, Ryan, and myself. Ryan has 333 points for in the season, which is fourth most in the league. Um, Ryan has played Aaron week one, Austin week two, and Tyler week three. Um, like I said, he's 3-0. and Decent margin of victory there. Uh, Ryan owns TJ's first rounder. And, yeah, I mean, Ryan's team is, you know, good. I mean, it's a very solid team, obviously. Uh, young quarterback in Deshaun Watson. He's having a pretty good year to start off the year, if I would say so. Uh, I was really high in Nick Chubb going to the year, and he... You know, he's he's done pretty well. I think he's going to keep his foot on the gas and only go up from here. Um, so his running grab, running back group is led by Nick Chubb. Uh, he's got some solid depth behind him. I think Marlon Mack is a solid RB2 at this point. I didn't really believe in him going to the year, but he's kind of proved me wrong to a degree. Uh, James White is okay in a PPR league. It's a solid depth. I think Rashad Penny has a chance to take Chris Carson's job. I hate to say it because I love Chris Carson, and I'm a huge believer in him, but he just has fumbled too much, and that's going to cost you your job in the NFL. And the Seahawks invested a first-round pick, obviously, in Rashad Penny. Uh, what, what was that, like two years ago or whatnot? But uh, I don't know. I think Rashad Penny could be in line for some more carries coming up. So that could be good for Ryan. Uh, but obviously, you know, his Achilles heel could be his receivers. Obviously, he's had the whole mess with Antonio Brown. And, I mean, we had that whole debate in the group chat whether or not Brown will be playing again in the NFL. I don't think he will, but time will tell on that one. Uh, Adam Thielen is obviously the leader of this receiving core. And A.J. Green, once he comes back, who knows when that's going to be because everyone was saying, uh, whatever, one to three weeks to start off the season. But here we are week four, and I've heard no reports of him coming back yet. So kind of a, you know, it's kind of a weird situation with that. I think the injury is a little worse than people anticipated it being. But, yeah, you know, like I said, time will tell with that as well. Um, but I know he... Ryan also traded for John Brown, who's having a pretty good start to the season, so that kind of gives him a little bit of depth here, which it's still a little shaky in my opinion, but I mean, I think Ryan could get by. His team's good otherwise. He's got Zach Ertz, who I think will improve because he hasn't really had the most ideal start to the season. Um, But I don't know. Ryan's got a very balanced team, and I think running back depth is probably the most important thing you can have in fantasy football, and Ryan's got that, so I think he's going to be in good shape. All right. The number one team 
not a shocker to anyone in the league, as you all know. Um, the super team, the the original OG champion of Dirty Dozen, my division mate, uh, West Coast, Best Coast, Mr. Connor Peterball of the Chop Blockers. He is 3-0. He has 472 points on the season, which is uh, 100 and... Let's, let's see if I can do math. 106 more points than me, and I have the second most points in the league. So that is r- absolutely ridiculous. Connor has put up 172, 170, and 129 points in the first three weeks. Unreal. I mean, I, I'm, I'm speechless here. He's got Lamar Jackson... Austin Eckler. I know Saquon's out for a while now, but he'll be back for if when Connor makes the playoffs. So Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley. I mean he's got some handcuff running backs and Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison behind him. So I mean not not the best depth, but when you've got Saquon Eckler and Todd, I mean, what else can he ask for? And then his receivers. DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen. I mean, they they could be the best two receivers in fantasy this year. I mean, it's just nuts. And then Travis Kelsey, like far and away the most consistent top tight end. He's going to finish as the tight end one. I know he's not right now, but he's going to. Mark Andrews having a breakout year. Kenny Galladay, who can drop 25 in any given week. Greg Zerline in the Patriots defense. This has to be, like, this is a team that, like, you can't even, I don't even know how we let him get this. I don't know how, I mean, I'll I'll always be salty he got Saquon after winning the championship. I I don't, I'm I'm getting mad. I'm getting mad, right? I didn't intend on getting mad. But it's, uh, it's scary, man. I don't know. It's, it's hard being in this division, um, because... It's kind of hard because, I mean, I just feel like my ceiling is the four seed because I can't, it's going to be hard to win my division. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, this team is pretty nuts. And he's looking like the Patriots because everyone's, he's definitely the overwhelming favorite to win the championship. But, I mean, crazier things have happened. He didn't win it last year. So anything's possible. That kind of gives me hope. Maybe that's why I'm so drawn to TJ's team is because it it, it represents hope, in my opinion. Like, just the fact that he kind of came out of nowhere and, and won the whole thing, it kind of gives me hope to try to do that myself. So, you know, I, I kind of went on a tangent there, but, yeah, Connor's team's ridiculous. I mean, everyone in the league knows. Everyone not in the league knows I talk about it so much with other people. I'm like, look at this team. It's nuts. So, yeah, easy number one pick there. At my number one spot. Yeah. So, that concludes the power rankings for week three. I'll go through it real quick, real quickly again. Uh, Kim at number 12. Jack at 11. Austin at 10. Aaron at 9. Drew at 8. Sibby at 7. TJ at 6. Tyler at 5. Jake at 4. Myself at 3. Ryan at 2. And Connor at 1. Um, that's kind of how I see you know, how the teams are looking at this point in the season. So I'm sure we'll have some debates in the chat about that. Uh, 
Um, so yeah, it'll be fun. I guess I'll, I'll go over some matchups real quick to end this episode here. Uh, it's division week. It's week four. Our division weeks are week two, four, eight, 11, 12, and 13. So everyone plays a division, a division opponent this week. Um, but the two biggest matchups in my eyes are myself versus Connor. Uh, we're both three and zero. This is battle for the superior team in the West. I mean, I'm not expecting to win by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I I like my matchups this week. I especially like Tyler Lockett going against Arizona. They look like they might be the worst secondary, worst defense in the whole league, maybe outside of Miami. But I think Tyler Lockett's gonna feast. And I mean, he doesn't have Saquon this week, so maybe there's a chance. I don't know. We'll see about that. I I'm this is I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Also a little scared. So we'll see how that shakes uh shakes out. But yeah, the other division matchup that I liked that I was intrigued by, I was talking to Tyler about it, is Tyler versus Sibby. Just because I don't know, I think Tyler's two and one, Sibby's one and two. And this is a big swing game. Like if Tyler wins, he's three and one. Sibby's one and three. That's a big difference in my opinion. If not, they're both two and two, and Sibby has a victory over him already. So it would make the East race a lot more complicated. And I don't know. So I I think that's a big, excuse me, big matchup. And uh, I I think we'll we'll find out a lot about both of those teams this week. We'll see if Sibby's team is a consistent. Yeah, they can consistently put up big numbers like he did last week, or if he's just gonna be very inconsistent and a team we can't really trust. And we'll see with Tyler's team if he is closer to what he was two years ago or what he closer was last year. Um, I'm really excited. I mean, this is my favorite thing. I I love this league, and uh, I mean, I I hope I have the honor of having that trophy, having my name on that trophy one day and uh, winning that cash. And having, honestly, I don't even care about the money. Like, if this league was for no money, I would still love it just as much because I just want to say that I'm better than all my friends. And that <laughs> that's, uh, that's what everyone wants who plays fantasy football, I guess. Right? All right. That's going to end this episode. Thanks for listening for everyone who did. Um, it's fun. I I love to talk about fantasy football. It's my favorite thing, obviously. So, yeah, I, I just love doing this, and uh, looking forward to the rest of the football season. It's been great so far. Not for the Steelers, but it's fine. Whatever. We'll uh we'll bounce back. We'll we won't be too bad for too long. That's always my mindset with the Steelers. So yeah, shout out to everyone who listened. Follow the show on Instagram at the Hogline Podcast. You all know the deal. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, have a great week.